Hello and welcome back. I record this podcast on Saturday, the 17th of June, which is the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And yesterday, Friday, the 16th of June, was the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. The parish I am in at the moment is called the Sacred Heart Parish, so we will be celebrating the Sacred Heart on Sunday Masses, as is allowed when the patronal feast of a parish, whether the saint or the Lord himself, occurs on a weekday, it can be transferred to the Sunday uh, if there is no other feast or seasonal day that impedes it. So since Sunday the 18th of June is Sunday in Ordinary Time, our parish here at Inverell, Sacred Heart Parish, can celebrate our paternal feast day of the Sacred Heart on Sunday. That's a long way of explaining that the homily that I'm about to record is for the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So it, the readings that you hear when you go to Mass this Sunday will be of the Sunday of Ordinary Time, but I won't be recording any comments on those. Perhaps you will find this helpful, even if your parish is celebrating the Sunday in Ordinary Time. <clears throat> The last thing to say is that these two hearts, the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus, are intimately entwined and so closely connected that the desires of the Sacred Heart are in the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And when Our Lady spoke at Fatima about the triumph of her Immaculate Heart, it is also the triumph of the Sacred Heart, for the will of God totally consumes the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So where she triumphs, so does the will of God. To appreciate the Feast of the Sacred Heart and its significance, we must know about how it arose in the life of the Church, who was involved, and why it is placed in this position in the liturgical calendar. So first, how it arose in the life of the Church. Well, you won't be surprised that recognition of and attention to the heart of Jesus goes right back to the Gospel. Primarily that moment in the Gospel according to St. John when the Roman soldier pierced his side as he hung dead upon the cross and that piercing into the side went right into his heart so that blood came out and the watery fluid surrounding the heart and the lungs also. In the year 165 AD, we have a written reference to the heart of Christ by St. Justin, and referring to the heart of Christ continued throughout the first millennium with seven well-known saints writing or preaching about it, including St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Bernard of Clairvaux. In the 12th century, a deeper understanding arose about the Sacred Heart through the Benedictine nuns at Hefter in Germany. The most notable among them was St. Gertrude. Some of them had visions of the Sacred Heart. In the 13th century, the newly formed Franciscans and Dominicans, with their fiery preaching and wise teaching, spread devotion to the Sacred Heart among the people. 
And I think particularly of St. Bernardine of Siena, who was a Franciscan, who had great devotion to the Sacred Heart, as well as the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The feast and the devotion came to full fruition in the Church, with St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, who was a religious at the Visitation Convent, located in Padre Le Monial in France. The feast and the devotion centre upon four visions of Christ our Lord and four revelations given by him to St. Margaret Mary between December 1673 and June 1675, all occurring when she was in adoration before the Blessed Sacrament in the chapel. So who was involved? Well, apart from St. Margaret Mary and the other saints mentioned, the primary person is Jesus himself, of course. And we do well to pay heed when God, our Saviour, appears and delivers messages and revelations. As well, we are wise to be obedient to him. Another incident will demonstrate this particularly. On the 17th of June, 1689, so before the major revelations, but St. Margaret Mary did have other visions and revelations as well, not just the four main ones. So on that day in 1689, the Sacred Heart of Jesus manifested to St. Margaret Mary that he had a command for the King of France, Louis Fourteenth, And the command was that the King was to consecrate France to the Sacred Heart. Well, he didn't. And for a hundred years to the day, the kings of France delayed and did not obey. So Louis XIV's successor, Louis XV, and his great-grandson, Louis XVI, all delayed. And so on the 17th of June, 1789, 100 years to the day, the King of France was stripped of his legislative authority by the upstart Third Estate. And four years later, the soldiers of the French Revolution executed Louis XVI as if he were a criminal. He and his predecessors had failed to obey our Lord's request that France be consecrated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And thus, grave misfortune came to the king and to his country. Now the third question, why is the feast placed where it is? Well, again, Jesus himself asked for this. He asked St. Margaret Mary that the Feast of the Sacred Heart be celebrated on the Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi. Now Corpus Christi at that time and still traditionally is celebrated on a Thursday. It doesn't happen now exactly as our Lord asked due to the changes of the last decades in the liturgical calendar. Today we celebrate the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart on the Friday following Corpus Christi Sunday. In the traditional arrangement, the celebration of the Sacred Heart would be the crowning moment to conclude the octave of Corpus Christi. The original liturgical calendar would have helped us to connect the Eucharistic presence of Jesus with his Sacred Heart.
and that was the desire of Christ himself. So once more, we do well to be attentive to the divine wishes of our Saviour. The love that his sacred heart represents takes flesh in the Eucharist. In the tabernacle, the Eucharistic heart of Jesus continues to beat with love for us and an intense desire for us to come into his presence in adoration, in devotion, and to return the love that he has for each of us. In Holy Communion, that divine love within the heart of Jesus enters into our own heart and pierces it to make more intense our love for him. This is what is prayed for in the well-known aspiration, O sacred heart of Jesus, burning with love for me, inflame my heart with love for thee. In St. Margaret Mary's visions, she saw flames emanate from Jesus' chest, a hallmark of the depictions of the sacred heart, and he showed her that it was his loving and lovable heart which was the source of these flames. Jesus told her that his heart, aflame with love, could not contain within itself his burning charity. His sacred and Eucharistic heart burns with a pure love for each one of us. But this love is so often met with the ingratitude and contempt of man, as Jesus would tell St. Margaret Mary. So what is the message of and the devotion to the Sacred Heart? Well, the link between the Sacred Heart and the reception of Holy Communion was made clear by Jesus when he made the great promise to St. Margaret Mary. And here I quote the words of the Lord himself. In the excess of the mercy of my heart, I promise you that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who will receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They will not die in my displeasure, nor without receiving the sacraments, and my heart will be their secure refuge in that last hour. Jesus also promised that those who honour his sacred heart will have all the graces necessary for their state of life. There will be peace in their families. He would console them in all their troubles and abundantly bless all their undertakings. With such amazing promises, how could we not honour and love the most sacred heart of Jesus? Jesus.